Привет, товарищи! И добро пожаловать на битву Атома! Я занесел шоу X-Men, где мы начали историю от А до Я. Я Адам. И я Зак. Адам, как ты? Are you speaking uh, Russian? Because I, I don't speak any Russian. Да, товарищи! That means yes. That means yes, comrade. Oh, that means yes, my friend, my buddy, my my podcasting pal. <laughs> I wish I knew some Russian to uh, to contribute to this opening. I apologize. Don't worry, don't worry. If anyone listening to this actually knows some Russian, they didn't understand what I said either, because I'm pretty sure I mispronounced every other word in that. I just listened to Google Translate like 20 times before we recorded. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I don't think that the writers of the stories we're going to cover today know much more about Russia or Russian than you do, or I do, so I think we're okay. <laughs> I, think we, I think we might be in good company here. Yes. Uh, because we're, today we're going to be dealing with a very generic uh, form of Russia. Mm-hmm. We're going to be dealing with uh, like a Cardinman San Diego level of Russia here. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Did you know that Bilson Kevich designed Carbon San Diego? Like Demon Stop Bear Bilson Kevich? No, that's Are you a real serious? thing. Look at Wait look at Carbon San Diego, and then then pull up a picture of Carbon San Diego right now, and tell me you can't just be like, oh wait, no, that makes sense. I mean, she looks I, like a Bilson Kevich character. I can see it, but I'm just uh, I'm just wrapping my head around this information. This is. Very strange. Character design yeah. on the PBS children's TV series, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? Wow, this is life-changing. Okay. That... Yeah, look at her. She's a Bilson Kevich character through and through. This just blew my mind, man. This is like learning that the Soviet super soldiers were sometimes referred to as cyber force. <laughs> S-I-B-E-R force. Like Siberia? Like Siberia, yes. All right, oh. who's uh, responsible for having us talk about uh, Mother Russia this week? Uh, Mother Russia is being talked to us because of classic X books, uh, which is not, they're not living up to their name. Uh, thank you. Uh, but they're going over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files, digging deep into their pocketbooks and saying, I want to give Zach and Adam some of my hard-earned cash uh, so that they talk about some comic books that I may or may not like. And you know what? This is going to be an interesting one. Uh, so, <laughs> Boy. number one, thank you. Uh, number two, uh, if you want to be like them again, Patreon, it's great. Uh, don't feel don't feel rushed. Only if only if the the spirit inside your soul uh, does lead you, uh, so we can skin that spirit out and uh, do something with it. <laughs> uh, and number four, this is most important. Adam, yeah, it's been a week. Oh, it sure has. Good so, lord, things have happened within the last seven days since we recorded last. Do you hear this sound, Adam? You hear this ASMR? I hear I hear some liquid. Uh, some glass, perhaps? What am I listening to? 
Uh, you're listening. You're listening to some vodka shots because we're talking about Russia. And it's been a week, and also I have some very bad Smirnoff cherry vodka that I have to get rid of because it's been in our fridge for like five years. So, oh, well, I salute. would criticize your uh, your choice of drink. However, uh, oh, I the, criticize the, my choice of drink too. <laughs> the quality, oh, the, wow. the quality of drink that you have chosen is somewhere around some of the quality of these stories. So, um, where are we starting? We, we're going to go back to the '90s to start off with, right? Yeah, back to, back to the '90s before in the before times because you know. Adam, I don't know if you've known this. I've lived through some decades. I've lived through the 90s. I've lived through the 2000s, the 2010s, and I've lived through March. And I'll tell you what, man, uh, <laughs> I, I have to think way back to talk about this story, which is uh, X-Men 17 through 19. Yep. Uh, a skinning of souls. Yeah. This one's a confusing this, one. Like we're we're gonna get into some uh, some very interesting Russia stuff here. Um, yeah, we're gonna talk about <laughs> Red Flag One Thirty Three. Uh, sure. Colonel, Colonel Alexei Vajin is is in this. Yep. Uh, Soviet super soldiers are featured periodically. We we get all. Are kinds. you talking about the Soviet super soldiers who were going to be in a major motion picture? Which wait, what motion picture? Oh, they were going to be in um, in Deadpool. Black Widow, Red, oh, no, Black Red Widow? Guardian, Red Guardian is in that. Oh, or right. whatever his name is. Yeah. A, no, no word if Ursa Major, the only good one, was going to be in it. I'm sorry to the one Dark Star fan out there, man. Uh, but if Dark Star and Ursa Major showed up in Black Widow. Just uh, they have already got my money uh, from the Florence Pugh fan club, but. If Ursa Major shows up on a, a screen at some point within our lifetimes, it, it, it will truly be a, a moment of catharsis and 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 just pure beauty for the art but that is. But Black movies. Tom Cassidy has shown up on a screen, Mysterio wearing his clothes, his Mysterio clothes. Those have been in a major feature film. I'm not even I'm not even concerned about what could or could not happen in film anymore. I assume all the things I like can happen in film if they just try hard enough to put maggot on the silver screen where he belongs <laughs> well sinning skinning of souls uh begins with a pretty simple concept and that is that since iliana has been de-aged she is back living with colossus's parents uh, mikhail has died so Piotr is heading back across the atlantic to uh inform his parents of this uh, additional tragedy and boy, oh, howdy, bad things are about to happen. Would he go across the Atlantic or the Pacific here? This is an interesting question. I guess oh, that's more, a good realistically, question. Hmm. more realistically, if we're thinking about airline routes from Westchester, he'd probably go over the Arctic. Oh, yeah. Uh, that'd be if shorter. he could get a direct flight. But, yeah. you know, it's also possible that he'd have to get like a flight uh, from, let's say, JFK to LAX to uh, like Hong Kong. Or something, and then into Siberia. Well, regardless, unlike another story which we will talk about in this episode, um, they're not flying coach. Um, we are taking a Blackbird, so uh, we're in that weird era of Cyclops and Psylocke flirting, um, where we're referencing Wolverine's solo book every once in a while. And uh, Bobby remembers that he, you know, he knew some of these super Soviet soldiers from back when he was in X Factor. Yeah. 
they fought, and Darkstar and him were teammates once on the Champions. You know, the Champions of Los Angeles? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we're getting that extended Russian uh, super spy cast here. Um, we're getting some Omega Red in this story. But uh, it's all coming down to the fact that there is this creature, the Soul Skinner, which uh, is is attacking a small Russian town. And uh, it looks like the only way that we can stop her, stop him, is by, I guess, doing something bad to Ilyana? Yeah, they want to... The Russian government, uh, who... Look, it's being led by former KGB operative, former Hydra operative, uh, Colonel Alexei Vajin, which, Adam, wouldn't it be shocking if the Russians were the bad guys in an X-Men story? Could you imagine how silly that would have to be? My goodness, uh, the Russia in X-Men comics uh, borderline borders on the uh, Canada of the Marvel comics in terms of evil. So, look, Russia, <laughs> Russia, the Russian government, not Russian people in general, but the Russian government in our world is not exactly having a great track record. Oh, of course not. But um, th- this particular uh, characterization of Russia is just, it's so comics. You know what I mean? Like, we're not just spying on kids. We're also spying on them with, like, high-tech laser beam goggles. And uh, we're going to summon Omega Red. I mean, it's just, it's interesting. Um, yeah, they want they want to age up. Ileana Rasputin to use her dimension warping powers or whatever right. to get rid of the Soul Skinner. And Colossus isn't a fan of that. He's also not a fan of the fact that the Russian government does murder his mommy and daddy. Oh my god. The the pain. Uh, you know what? This episode really made me realize is that I really like Colossus. Like, I feel like I'm becoming a Colossus fan more and more day by day. Um, and I just feel for the guy. You know, like, he just goes through all of these horrible familial tragedies. It's terrible. I like Colossus. Uh, I also know that Colossus from, like, 1992 to 1994 is just on an extended trip of having the worst day of his life. Oh, my God. It's rough. It is so rough. His brother comes back from an alternate dimension and dies. His sister dies. His parents die. He is all alone. And then he goes and becomes a supervillain, kind of, but it never really pays off. Yep. All leading up to him sacrificing himself to cure the legacy virus. So, um, I... I we're making this story actually seem a lot simpler than it does on page. Like if you remember oh, because back, because it's nuts. Yeah. Well, if you remember back to when we covered the, uh, the Quan and Silox stuff, which actually begins in this arc, it's about mm-hmm. as it's, it's just like a tick up as understandable as that was like, it's very, very confusing because we're bouncing between Russia. We're going back to Westchester for updates. We're going in and out of people's minds as the uh, soul skinner is, uh, you know, sucking their pain out. And it, it's very jumpy from page to page. Yeah, it really is. Now, this is written by my personal best friend, Fabian Nisiesa, uh, with pencils by Andy Kubert, both of which are good. <laughs> Oh, I like, don't want to say that this is bad. I enjoyed reading the story. Look, it's I just it's... I don't know if I'm going to say it's good. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I'm not willing to say it's good yet. Okay. Uh, okay. But I'm I'm fine with saying that it's not bad. 
I'm not even fine with saying that. Now, now, now that I said that out loud, I'm not fine with saying it's not bad. Yeah, I don't. I, mm, it's not that I think it's bad. I think it's um, a bit of a mess, but it is sure fun to enjoy this early 90s Andy Hubert art um, and these characters sort of bouncing around. There's some really fun stuff in here, like when the Soul Skinner tries to uh, to go after Cyclops and can't imagine the, the pain that he's been through. So we see uh, Baby Nathan <laughs> with a Strife helmet on. <laughs> There's some really great like stuff like that in here. Cyclops. Uh, my name is the Soul Skinner. And even I think you might need therapy. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it sure is a doozy. Um, we're we're basically setting up another trope here, which we'll see in in other stories here, um, which is that the Russians sure like to abduct children or like use children um, to solve their problems. And uh, Colossus does have to save the day with the innocence of children from town. I mean, I guess I, the story just kind of ends like, again, Fabinicius is great. I'm very much looking forward to his Juggernaut book because I just want to see what a Juggernaut book in the year 2020 by Fabinicius looks like. Yeah. Uh, House, but, House of X, uh, Hox Pox Fabes. It should be interesting. Technically. Hold on. Hold on. Um, actually, Adam, the Juggernaut is powered by the Crystal Gem of Sidorak. All right. Uh, yeah, he's Crimson, not an ex. Uh, oh, right? hold on. I'm going to have to cut this out because I'm mad at myself now. What'd you do? Uh, hold on. Hold on, Adam. Uh, Adam, Adam, Adam. Um, actually, the Juggernaut's powered by the Crimson Gem of Sidorak. And he's yeah, that's what you said. So, I said Crystal Gem. I said Crystal Gem. Oh, come on. It, You're forgiven. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. You never get the Crimson Gem of Sidorak wrong. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, we, we do get to also spend some quality time here with, uh, with Omega Red, uh, who, who stops in for, I think his second appearance in X comics after his initial appearance. Yeah. Uh, this would be number two. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Yeah. So I, I got nothing to say. He's, he's just kind of around. Oh, yeah, he's there so that, you know, he could be on the cover, he can wrestle with the Soul Skinner, and then he is part of the final fight, too. Like, he attacks, uh, you know, there, there's just some battling that happens. Anyway, I think we've explained the story. Uh, I like the artwork. I, I think it's a little bit of a mess in terms of, of the way it's structured, but it makes me like Cyclops and feel bad for him at the same time. It's not okay. Well, so the conceit of our show is that we decide which stories are good and which stories are bad. And we put them on our ever-increasing list of every X-Men story ranked from best to worst. Uh, starting with number one on our list, Days of Future Past. At number 100, we have that Captain America story where Magneto throws the Red Skull into a hole. Uh, we got number 200 on our list, which is Uncanny X-Men Nation X, where the X-Men start an island nation for the fourth time. Uh, we've got number 300, Pride and Wisdom. And then right at the bottom of our list, at 345, we've got the Draco. You know, you keep mentioning uh, that Captain America issue. That means nothing has cracked our top 100 in quite a while. Well, to be fair, it's hard to beat Magneto throwing the Red Skull into a hole. Also, we've picked bad comics recently. <laughs> this, we've talked about a lot of stinkers. This is not going to crack the top 100. No, it is not. Um, 
Any idea where you'd like to start here? Let's start with the arc that comes right after it. Is is this better than the Quanin arc at uh, 232? I I think it's a little bit more uh, comprehensive. What's the word I'm looking for? I can comprehend what's going on here uh, a a little better, Um, even though it's still that sort of like slapdash, like, you know, flitting from one thing to the next. I could still get what's happening here. Um, it's not as confusing as that arc. So I would say it is a, a touch better and more sensical. What I, I don't think it's better than is just a bit above that at 227 is Uncanny X-Men 284 to 286 into the void where we find Mikhail in his in his uh, alien planet that he's living on. I agree. I, I think Into the Void has that real fun uh, Portacio art. It's about as as like disjointed and confusing as this story is. But um, and as much as I like Hubert, I will I will take Will's uh, and his work any day. I do think I enjoyed this more than two twenty eight, which is the Burnt Offering, Cable and Deadpool seven to ten. See, because I think Fabian Nicieza would fight us on that. I think Fabian would say this that Cable and Deadpool's better. Oh, I'm just talking about what I enjoy better. I think you're right. He probably would. Um, but that that's kind of where I'm at. I think it's better than 2.30. We have X-Men versus Avengers 1 to 4. Um, X-Babies at 2.29. Where, I, I, where do you think it I lands? I agree with both of those thoughts. I would say right below Cable and Deadpool, right above X-Babies. Uh, that's fair. Uh, that's, that makes sense to me. All right. So this is our new 2.29. This is our new 229. It's uh, the skinning of souls. The skinning of souls. Coming at the Skull Center. Yeah. Those souls have been skinned. And I I think we said uh, off the air, the Soul Skinner has never returned to my knowledge, correct? Never showed up again. Wow. That's that's wild. Uh, Uh, But but, do you know know what is showing up again, Adam? uh, Russia? (laughs) Going back to Russia? No, it's our ASMR contact. (laughs) Listen. I'll I'll be very quiet. Can you hear that, people? <laughs> can, can you hear the ASMR? You're scaring me. People, Oof, people are going to think the episode is over. No. <laughs> no, they're not. Oh. <laughs> this is just not good vodka. Why? Do, this is a bit just for me. I'm the only one who's able to enjoy this bit. Why am I doing it? <laughs> You know what? I think we need to be liberated from your bit, Zach. So why uh, don't we? I need. I think I need some libations for my bit. <laughs> oh, we are going to talk next about a miniseries that I had never read before, um, which comes the late nineties. Is that right? Nineteen ninety-eight, but late nineteen ninety-eight in a collector's item first issue oh, that sure. you can collect for very cheap. I bet, uh, and this is. X-Men Liberators, a four-issue miniseries, um, coming out at an interesting time, especially given the kind of story that it's trying to tell. Uh, I guess. Hey, and what happens in this story written by Joseph Harris with art by Phil Jimenez? Uh, because I'm going to be honest, I've read this three different times over the course of my human existence. And here's what I can tell you definitely happens. Okay, I'm I'm ready for your uh, your take on this. Colossus, Wolverine, and Nightcrawler go to Russia. Good start. They fight a thing. 
Yes. Which is That's what I got. Oh. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I've I've read this in the last week and that's how much I've retained. All right. Well, uh, first of all, I'm very surprised that um, you, you, you retained so little, given that every page is chock full of narration blocks um, and not only narration blocks, but uh, first person uh, narration from different characters on, you know, we're just like flying around with the narration blocks like it, it it's wild. So, yes, they have uh, they have come back this time, I guess, with the idea, the conceit is that that uh, Colossus is not celebrating, but honoring the uh, anniversary of his parents death. He's going to visit their grave site. Wolverine and Nightcrawler have uh, joined him for this drive. They're not in a Blackbird. They take uh, nope. just a commercial airline over there. I which... think at this time the X-Men were poor. <laughs> I believe that. I, I legitimately canon. believe that was an ongoing <laughs> plot point that at this time, because it was post, it was post Operation Zero Tolerance. And one of the things that happened during Operation Zero Tolerance is the Sentinels like took all the wiring out of the X-Mansion. Like they stripped it down to bare bones. Yeah, they were selling off the copper. Um, <laughs> but essentially there That's is. That's not a joke, people. <laughs> Essentially, there is uh, this. What what is the 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 Stranger Things esque like Russian organization here? Precinct thirteen or something like that. Uh, uh, it's, what the heck is yeah, it called? Provenance. Yes, Provence. Provence. Provence uh, thirteen. Um, they are Provence thirteen. They are in charge of looking out for the next group of Soviet super soldiers. Uh, so they abduct children, uh, eleven style, keep them in. You know isolation try and train them and uh it turns out through the course of this story that uh perhaps the idea that the rasputins had three mutant children might not have just been genetic coincidence uh that well no it wasn't genetic coincidence because their great 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 grandfather was gregory rasputin you know the the mad monk it could be, but this particular story also implies that the Russian government may have had a hand in making experiments on this town, um, which then resulted in those multiple births. Um, we know this because there are other kids in this neighborhood that have been affected, including the aforementioned thing that you mentioned, which basically looks like a giant blob of like poop with a mohawk. Uh, for lack yeah, of a better here's word. A thing, here's the thing about uh, Gregor, the antagonist of this. Yeah. Uh, Adam, yeah. it feeds on the life force of others. Huh. And it just developed a taste for mutants. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it... Oh, boy. Um, Omega, it looks bad. It's terrible. It like, looks... the character design is awful on this on this particular uh, monster villain. It's a It's tumors? Sure. It, it's tumors in a mohawk. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much it. It's it's going for kind of like a John Carpenter's the thing look and it fails spectacularly. Um the, It looks like if Silent Hill was made by people without taste. <laughs> uh yeah. It's it's a lot of like sloppy squishy stuff and uh the coloring doesn't help it one bit. Uh Colossus does his best to uh protect this child's uh this this creature's mother um and also save 
a girl that has psychic powers and the other children that are imprisoned by the Russian government. And uh, there's a lot of flashbacks back to like giant size X-Men era. Which is the weirdest thing about this. Like, this is late 98, but yet we're going back and, like, trying to play that nostalgia card for this, the earliest version of these characters. So there's there's a scene in each of these books that, uh, that goes back to either a Danger Room sequence or the first time they met, whatever it may be, which doesn't really have any consequence on the story, um... But the Marvel Rakia tells me this happens and you're telling me this happened. So I believe you, but I have no recollection of any of that happening. And I can't emphasize enough. I've read this multiple times. (laughs) Yeah. The only way that you can really get an idea of when this came out is all of the, um, all the intro stuff that goes in before this, uh, you know, we get these little bios of what's been happening to each of these characters. Um, the only other way you could know is the last page features a panel with, I guess, a lineup that was going on at the time, which involves Marrow. Um, yeah, yeah, but Marrow's in this one. So, and they get Gambit's hair color wrong. Um, mm. <laughs> but it, it's a not, it's a nothing story. It's basically doing the same thing as what we just said in soul skinner omega red is here for a couple minutes um yeah omega red just kind of shows up for a hot second because he's legally obligated to in his story about russia yep yep Uh, again they're like we have to we we have to unleash omega red he's our (laughs) only our only solution meanwhile ursa major sitting over there drinking his vodka and being like bro bro comrade bro bro me bear i bear Bro is, yeah, Ursa Major is more than willing to uh, to switch into bear form and, and kick some butt. But Omega Red... Wait, I, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I just had the best idea. Shut your mouth, Adam. Yes, sir. What if... What if... The Matt Fraction, David Aha, Hawkeye run went the exact same way, except for at the end of issue 22, instead of fighting regular tracksuit draculas oh my god it was ursa major (laughs) (laughs) i think it would make the book worse but i still want to see it definitely make it worse however would i read a world war wendigo version of uh the fraction hawkeye run yes i would (laughs) adam they're all bears it's all bears i know it's great i love that idea tracksuit bears i'm there uh all right so i'm taking it that this is not a, a huge success for you in terms of a mini series it's kind of a nothing thing the art's okay it's kind of a resounding failure yeah the color is very blah the story is fine but it's very derivative of other stories and uh not much to to recommend here so where does it go on the giant list I mean, like, here's the thing. It's not offensively bad. No. Like, it's it's just, it's, it's dull. There's bad stories that I'd rather read than this, though. <laughs> like, there's stories that I can tell from a craft level are worse. Mm-hmm. But from a Zach wants to read a story are better. What I think is a good comparison, yeah. if I'm going to throw one out there, is Spider-Man and X-Factor Shadow Games at 324. Another story I've read multiple times and still don't know what it's about. I think the Hellfire Club's involved. 
that's a that's a good comparison um you know sort of 90s nonsense like putting a collector's stamp on the first <laughs> uh, on the cover i don't know if it's as bad as crimson dawn at 324 yeah like i'm looking at stuff I'd probably rather read those first six issues of X-Factor, even though I know they're bad and Apocalypse has, like, squishy hammer arms. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So I def- we're definitely going below 323. Is- Do you think it's worse than 324? Crimson Dawn? Ah, uh, it's, it's not worse than... It's better than Magneto Rex at... Yeah. Uh, right below that. Wow. Uh, I feel like you're pondering the values of Crimson Dawn right now, and it's a really excruciating experience for you. <laughs> it is. It's very hard for me. I want to put Crimson Dawn above it. Okay. So this is going to be our new 325? Uh, 326, because one of us didn't count oh, the uh, sorry. story we just added today. Sorry. Didn't. Yep. It's okay. It's okay. You know what? Everyone makes mistakes sometimes. <sighs> All right. We have uh, survived Siberia so far, Zach. I think you we, say that we deserve to have a little bit of fun now. Yeah. Just one second. I'll have myself a little bit of fun. <laughs> Here we go. More ASMR with Zach. I hear... You can hear that. Yeah, there's some birds chirping outside. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's not a so bad. <laughs> no, whoa. Uh, no, all, right. all that so, all that went straight to my throat. That's usually where drinks go, friend. We are going to go. You're not wrong. A little more contemporary with this last story, um, and this is going to be an arc from the Weapon X series. Um, Barry Windsor Smith, not included. Are you talking about the Resurrection? era weapon x i sure am and uh this is that lineup where old man logan teams up with Sabretooth and a bunch of other mercenaries and goes on wacky adventures yeah so this is weapon x started out weird uh, uh this one this one is of course written by greg pock uh and uh co-written by fred van lenty uh, art on the first. Uh, this is seventeen to twenty-one, by the way. Mm-hmm. Art on the first three issues by Yudere Sinar, and on the second two issues uh, by Ricardo Lopez Ortiz. We'll talk about that. Oh, we got to we'll, talk about that. The difference we'll talk between about the two RLO. art is bonkers. <laughs> we'll 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 talk about the RLO experience that we get by the end of this. <laughs> Uh, but let's let's start with uh, let's start with how this starts because this is technically broken up into two arcs, but it's one arc, and it's weird that they would break it up into two. It's very strange, isn't it, that they that they did it this way? But um, old man Logan but, so, ain't doing so well. No, so when this book started in Resurrection, mm. um, things were rough. Uh, it was it was it was about Weapon H. You remember Weapon H? That's that's the He's... Canadian bad stuff. Nope. That's Department H. No? Weapon H. Who's Weapon H? Is that Hulk Vereen's? Yeah, that's Hulk Vereen. That's the Hulk Vereen. <laughs> I remember that Department was H. Pock. What's the difference between Department H, Weapon X, and Weapon H? 
Weapon H was created by an offshoot of Weapon X. Uh, the original Weapon X worked for Department H, uh, and on De- on Weapon X's first mission, uh, he went in under Department H to attack the Hulk, who they the the new Weapon X ended up combining the Hulk with Weapon X, aka Logan, aka Jimmy Hallett, aka the Wolverine, aka Patch, uh, and they they put their all that genes into this soldier guy along with like stuff from domino and warpath and Sabretooth, whatever else but that doesn't matter because it's a hulk marine and he got his own solo series uh so he was very popular somehow so yeah. i don't here's the thing his solo series isn't that bad but everything I've leading up to the it. hulk marine was ugh. haven't touched it sorry uh, it's it's fine. It's a decent <laughs> solo series. I'm not mad that it exists. Um, I'm not sure. Anyway, though. all that I, happens, I, and they had to figure out what this book was. Now, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Old Man Logan and, ain't doing so hot, so they put Sabretooth no. in charge. And you know, Old Man Logan only died six months ago. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? He almost it's, made it to Krakoa. He was. Dead Man Logan was running concurrently with Hawkspox. Uh-huh. It's true. He could have made it, folks. He could have gotten there. But he didn't. No. Ed Brisson did kill him uh, brutally in a big fight with Sabretooth. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay Don't with Don't worry. That. He, gets, he gets to live with his children in heaven like... Uh, like, the guy from that one movie that Shatterstar likes where he yells, Are you not entertained? Is this not what you are here for? You mean he gets to uh, pet the wheat? Is that what you're telling me? He gets to sort I mean, of, you know, walk through the fields and the wind is blowing. Adam, Adam can, I tell you, can I tell you a terrible secret? Please do. I've probably seen 75% of Gladiator in non-sequential showings over about a 10-year period. Wait, oh, you've never watched it sequentially? Like the I've never just sat down and been like, I'm going to watch Gladiator. But, like, I get the gist. I know I mean, what's happening in it. It is a pretty good Ridley Scott movie. Like, you might want to just try it. You'll probably like it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like two and a half hours long. I've got to find the time for that. I know. You, I you have really this thing about things devs. that are an hour. Uh, yeah. Devs is not devs. doing it for me. Are you serious? Devs is doing it for me and my wife, who does not normally like that stuff. She does like Nick Offerman, and I think that's carrying a lot of weight for her. Yeah, we'll see how it does in the second half. Uh, you know what I like better than than Devs, uh, which I'm surprised to say, um, Omega Red and Tigers. That that's shocking to have come out of my mouth, but that's true. Oh yeah, guys, this is the story where Omega Red gets a baby tiger. <laughs> After killing three adult tigers, so we shouldn't forget about his contribution to their extinction. Uh, but they were killing him first. And Omega Red tuck Koltik, his baby tiger, and says, You are mine now. You are my child. <laughs> I really like Koltik. that the story lays into uh his Russian accent. Like you can tell the way he's written that he has a Russian accent. Um, where previous stories don't usually play that up as much. And it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. This is a Omega funny Red. story. Yeah, so here's the thing. Sabretooth's in charge now of Weapon X. Uh, and in a weird bit of meta metatextual uh, storytelling, the people of Weapon X don't really know what the team's supposed to be. 
No. They're like, are we in X Force? Are we are we bad guys? What are we doing here? <laughs> are we mercenaries? The team, by the way, the team, by the way, is uh, Sabretooth, Warpath, Lady Deathstrike, Domino, and Omega Red teams up with them by the end of this. Right. Uh, but we, we and, have another. And Warpath doesn't. Warpath's not happy that Sabretooth is in charge. He does not think Old Man Logan is making good decisions, and he's right. Well, we start with yet more children that have been, uh, I guess, imprisoned by the Russian government. Um, Omega Red is feeding on them in preparation to assassinate a pro-mutant uh, general because he has nanobots inside of him that are being controlled by his general brother. And Sabretooth... Uh, Director Vasily Rosovich? Sure. And, uh, of Sickle? Sabretooth just decides, hey, I think we're going to help Omega Red, which is a very strange and almost out of character thing for him to do, but also makes the story kind of great. Yeah, uh, so they do that. Uh, They eventually convince Omega Red, and Sabretooth and Omega Red do have a good moment with them and Gotik, the the tiger cub. Oh, baby tiger, yeah. It's cute. Uh, They say, look, look, Red. I know what it's like to be controlled. You and me, we're animals. We've been chained our whole life. Don't you, don't you, don't you want to just, don't you want to just go ape? <laughs> don't you just want to hire Ricardo Lopez Ortiz to turn this story into a freaking cartoon? Yeah. <laughs> attack and then that happens. They attack the sickle helicarrier, which stays up by sheer determination and will and <laughs> I love stubbornness. That. It's a great line. Warpath is not happy and does quit the team in a huff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And his, he changes his motivation solely to killing Sabretooth. And... Which is fair. And it, like, that's one of those that, no, you don't have to explain more. I get it. Sabretooth sucks. Yeah, pretty much. But the difference in the art style when we jump to this this final showdown is insane. It's like it's not that Sonar from... is a bad artist. He's he's good, but what Ricardo Lopez Ortiz does is like an atom bomb goes off, and it's like, hey, we're just gonna be this big fight book with a lot of action and fun and cartooniness and it's going to be the kind of book that you expect where omega red could run around with a tiger yes like you want that kind of it's almost like um uh jim ma food like in the way it, it looks like an indie comic in the way it's drawn mm-hmm. so it, but the the expressiveness and the just absolute wild nature of this story just jumps to life when we get to this this new art style and you just wish that it had been there throughout the rest it is not a uh, a slight against sonar at all i think you know this is a book that started with greg land uh on issue number one so you kind of wild. Un- understand why they were going with a a, a closer to a a house style um, as you get through these, but the writing is taking a real sharp turn into weird land. And yeah, Fred Van Linty's writing it at this point. <laughs> like he's not, if you don't know Fred Van Linty, uh, he is the writer of, uh, action philosophers and action presidents and all of these research history books that, uh, kind of turn into weird, funny books. 
it, that's exactly what's happening here. It's turning into something with so much more uh, humor, maybe even a little more heart. Like this idea of the, the baby tiger adds a lot of heft to this. You know, it's amazing what a pet will do to a storyline, but uh, it's fantastic. Really yeah, enjoyed it's, it. It's some good stuff here. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the Winter Guard shows up, so Ursa Major does finally make an appearance. Yes. The Red Guardians here. Dark Star. Dark Star. Crimson Domino. Or Dynamo. <laughs> There's a scene where uh, Sabretooth is trying to remember memes and is uh, kicking somebody while saying uh, Miken has cheeseburger. <laughs> Just like, what? <laughs> Adam, the difference between you and me is that I know that the meme is Can I Has Cheeseburger? Man. And you're an old. I can't remember these things from memory. I can't. Yes, I just you're like Sabretooth. You're not. You're not. You're not a hip young meme lord like some of us. He too is trying to remember the meme. Uh, I agree. That's why I said you are same, same, <laughs> but different, but still same. Oh man. So I enjoyed this. I mean, it's not like great by any stretch of the imagination, but it also kind of is. I don't know. We're I don't know what Weapon I... X doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, like that's the thing. Weapon X immediately goes from this into this weird story about Nightcrawler's dad, mm. uh, and it's not good. And I actually kind of hate it. Uh, but these these five issues. They're pretty fun. I would agree. They're pretty good. If if the rest of the the twenty two other issues in Weapon X, which I'm shocked that book ran for that long, uh, if any of them were half as good as this, I would be all for it. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not what happened. No, no. But it is a, a shining uh, light in the midst of this, uh, you know, this period. I think if you didn't enjoy the resurrection uh you know sort of status quo you might want to check this out just to see because you probably skipped this i know i did yeah no i dropped weapon x three issues in Mm. and i caught it on that app yep like it was it was not doing it for me because they immediately said hey we're about to do a crossover with the totally awesome hulk and i said thanks guys been great been real (laughs) no thank you uh, uh, totally awesome Hulk was again fine, but not as good as you wanted it to be. Uh, speaking of that, where do you want this to go on our very, very long list uh, with all of the X Men stories, well, uh, including three? I mean, it's the best one we've talked about today. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about it uh, compared to something like uh, Extraordinary X Men One to Five at two sixty seven? Oh, I think it's better than Extraordinary X Men One to Five. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a lot better than that. I think it's pretty. Um, I, if we go up, like, 229 is Skinning of Souls. I liked this better than Skinning of Souls. Okay. I think that's fair. It is a lot of fun. It is a good time. Um, how about another Omega Red story, Generation X 10 to 11, Death Whale. Better? Death Whale don't got no cute tiger cub. That is true. That's a very good point. Um, I don't think it's better than that time that cannibal fought gladiator with the joe mad art though at 211 what do you think i think it's like right there yeah yeah because i would say i like it better than those two issues of x-men legacy right after age of x uh, which is at 212 right now okay that's a great place for it 
Okay, good. Sold. That's where I'm going to put Great. it. Great. That's where I'm going to put it. Love it. It's right there. It's going to be right above that. Yeah. So if you skip that one uh, during Resurrection, go back and check it out, especially if you like. It's a quick read. Yeah. It's fun. It's silly. You'll enjoy it. Uh, so th- All right. We've spent enough time. I think our our fingers and toes are starting to get frostbite from the uh, the cold Siberian weather. It's probably time that we return back to our home nation and wrap it up. Yeah, we're we're at a stay at home advisory, Adam. Yes, uh, I have I have I have a statewide warning in my uh, my residence to uh, stay within the four walls in which I am in. Same. I'm in my office where I'm working from home. Yep. Uh, so I've just not left this room uh, frequently for the last two weeks. Uh, that is the right place I... for you to be, Zach. And listeners, you should be doing the same. Uh, please do yeah. not start to return to things if you don't have to. Yeah, y'all don't listen. Don't don't go outside. Listen to 139 episodes of Battle of the Atom on repeat. Hmm. There you go. All right. So y'all don't do that. That's a terrible waste of your time. <laughs> Well, let's remind them how they could uh, potentially make a request here. Oh, I guess, Adam. Yeah, if you want to be like Classic X-Books, which thank you, Classic X-Books, for making me drink uh, several shots of bad vodka, uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files, uh, throw a couple bucks this way, and then say, Zach, what liquors would you like to drink? <laughs> and then I will choose bourbon in an old-fashioned, as is my tradition. Uh, or, I guess, an X-Men story... Uh, there's also different levels of support that get you different benefits, like you get early episodes at the $5 and up level. Uh, some other cool things you can do. If you can't support us fiscally, I get it. Like, I get it. Tell your friends. Leave a rating and review. Just say, hey, I like you guys. You're pretty neat. And then we'll feel better on the inside. And that's all we need in these cold, cold winters. <laughs> these cold, cold Siberian winters. Uh you can always also check out the show at XavierFiles.com. Uh, XavierFiles.com is also where you can get a bunch of just discussions about different X-Books. There's one about Hellions. Uh, speaking of a successor to this Weapon X story, uh, Hellions came out last week, but it's good. Hellions is pretty good. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it, it's very good. So check out what we had to say about that in all the other stuff at Xavier Files. Or on Twitter at Xavier Files. Hey Adam, what's up? Guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. And uh, just a quick shout out to Classic X Books. You can follow Classic X Books at Twitter at Classic X Books. Uh, what are we talking about next week, Zach? So you remember the Draco? Oh God, <laughs> yes. Are we have Are We're we reading talk- Chuck Austin next week? We're going to talk about a story that gets often confused with the Draco. Oh my God. Uh. But isn't the Draco. So if you're the one person who leaves us iTunes reviews about how we're too religious of a podcast. Here we go. You might want to tune out that next one. <laughs> Otherwise, dust madonna, everyone. This has been Battle of the Atom, and we hope you survived the experience. Get it!